Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, this is Joanna Oki, and you're listening to The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have on the show Michael McGrath from Oasis m Michael has been in business since the age of 23, spending more than 25 years building, buying and selling a range of private companies, including food, manufacturing, recruitment, publishing, retail and distribution. Michael is the founder and CEO of Oasis M&A Sydney, and he now advises shareholders of private companies around succession and exit strategies. And today, Michael is on the show to discuss with me the particular conundrum facing business owners who are selling right now, who are planning to sell in the near future, as COVID-19, the dreaded coronavirus, has landed on our doorstep and changed everything that was in play just only a month or so ago in the world of mergers and acquisitions. So without further ado, here comes Mike to chat with me about what the short-term future looks like for those business owners who are planning on selling right now or planning to sell in the near future. So here we go with Mike. Mike, hi. Welcome on to the show. I'm uh, I'm really excited to have you here today, um, albeit it's uh, a bit of a serious topic that we're getting into. Yes. No, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Diana. Great. Okay. Well, Mike, today, we look, we, we're sitting and our audience might be listening to this at all different times, which is the beauty of podcasts. But right now, we are sitting right in the middle of this coronavirus epidemic, and it's creating a massive amount of uncertainty yeah. in there. M&A market. And so today I wanted to have you on board so that we could together, you know, just maybe talk about what we're seeing at the moment in the market and what our thoughts are for the future for businesses who are sitting there at the point of, you know, who are planning to sell right now or perhaps who are planning to acquire and now suddenly sitting in the middle of uncertainty. Yeah. Look, I mean, well, the first thing I'll kick off with is that we did five transactions in the last six months of last year. And I can tell you now that those, I've already had some communication from some of those vendors that we acted for. They are so pleased that they saw their businesses and completed those transactions. I know, right. We just had two of those conversations yesterday. Yeah. So, so that's the first thing. And, and one, of the, one of the companies who would have been the six pulled out at the last minute. Now, I haven't spoken to him yet, but it'd be very interesting what his thoughts are now, because mm. I do think we're entering a very difficult period for any kind of transaction or deal. And I think the main reason for that is that how do you price an asset in the current? Yeah. It's almost impossible. Yeah. I mean, how do you price a property? How do you price anything? So I think, and this is what we're seeing. So the the buyer, the genuine strategic buyers that we're talking to, and we had about nine transactions underway at various stages. With three of those, we're still in deep discussions with six have pretty much evaporated. They were at early stages. And effectively, though, those acquirers are saying to us, you know, they don't have headspace. Everything's changed. We'll come back to you. The three that want to keep talking to us at the moment, I guess they're looking for they're looking for some certainty. So 
we're working with our clients to to put together their sort of COVID-19 response, which is effectively, you know, what was our year-to-day position to the end of February? What's happened since then so far March? What does April, May and June look like? What does props the next six months or the next financial year look like? And how will that affect the results in, in 20, 21 rather? And, and then what does the post-COVID-19 environment look like for that business? Now, if you can't communicate that, intelligently and logic even if you're not exact i mean you just got to put your key assumptions down make sure they're logical make sure you believe in them at least at this point if you can't put that together no one's going to do it unless it's some kind of giveaway you know and so i guess what we're talking about here is you, you know because one of the issues i feel playing out at the moment is just this uncertainty which creates you know creates this emotion or this reaction of just of our business owners just not knowing what to do what next step to make because they just have no idea what the future looks like and I guess here we're talking about well regaining a little bit of control and getting a bit of insight into what you can be doing now what you can be planning now um, that will still keep you moving into the direction of the sale of exit or or maybe even acquisition you know depending on what side of the fence it is that you're on and stepping back into like let's let's run through some really concrete examples here because I have a number uh, of businesses who are sitting at the point of exit and they had either, as you say, found buyers or, or they were uh, about to hit the market or whatever, all varying degrees. Yeah. But I've got, I've got a couple who were looking to sell to employees where the employees knew the business, uh, know the business, and the business itself, I think, will be quite stable, albeit all businesses, almost all businesses are suffering. Yeah. The shock at the moment. So for those businesses, let's just start with that as a simple example. For those businesses, I, I guess the message is just start to collect a bit of a, a list for yourself in terms of uh, backing up for the buyers as to why the business is solid and will continue on the the pre-COVID path when COVID is over? Is that is that what you're saying, Mike? What are you saying for these? I businesses? think so. I, I mean, look, in any, you know, you know, in any economy, you're going to have winners and losers when you've got this kind of change. So some businesses, I mean, if you look at food at the moment, food's doing quite well. I'm on the board of a organic food business and, you know, we're really doing very well. The business is very resilient. Sales are holding up insofar as, you know, what we're expecting to see. And, you know, we, we've done some pretty good work in that business to get them ready, really. I mean, not that we knew COVID-19 was coming, but just, just to have the business well run and with good governance and a board. And, you know, we've got, we've invested in our relationship with the bank and, and the bank have been very helpful and, and so I think, you know, that, that would be an example of perhaps not a winner, but certainly not a loser. Mm-hmm. And I've got another couple of mining service businesses where I'm on the board, and both those are doing pretty well. I mean, one of them is doing exceptionally well because the products that it's bringing to market are technology-type products that, you know, the miners have got a great appetite for at the moment because it saves them money. So they're kind of going gangbusters, and that there's a three- to five-year window there to meet that need. And we're very well placed to do that. And that, so the issues for that business are on the supply side, not on the demand side. Mm. So, 
And then I've got a business that's in health, safety and hygiene that I've been working with for over a decade. And that business is in really good shape. It's got a, got some good resilience. And, and, you know, people are still going to need health, safety and hygiene. And they've already brought six COVID-19 products to market that are helping businesses now, you know, test their cleanliness and, and a whole, you know, test their hygiene. So they would be three that I think are doing pretty well. And then, you know, then there's a whole bunch of other businesses, right? That, and, and I think you've got to, it's situational. Right. But there's quite a few other businesses that I'm involved with, one or two, in fact, that have got very heavy retail exposure. Yeah. You know, retail's in trouble. I mean, in big trouble. You know, they've taken the brunt of this to some extent. And so, you know, we're in survival mode there and we're trying to find a way through this thing. And, you know, the government stimulus, I know that we've, you know, the, the government are, um, are sitting today to hopefully approve the job. Um, you know, the job saver scheme um, or job keeper job scheme, scheme, which I think is a really big deal. I'll give you an example. I've got one company that's got 75 staff. We had a board meeting, an emergency board meeting. We've had a few. The last one, you know, with and without this, right, with this package, we'll keep touch. We'll keep all 75 staff and everyone will take a haircut of about 20%. And, and we think we can save those jobs. Without that, we might have to look at some quite dramatic reductions in those numbers. So I think, you know, the government stimulus is really going to help for the next six months. Like, you know, for SMEs, it's going to be absolutely critical. And bearing in mind, small to medium-sized enterprise are over 50% of the job market. I think we're 50, you know, we employ 55% of the, yeah. of the of the workforce. So, you know, this is a really big deal. And so I think that it's situational, but you've got to have a plan. Like you've got to pull together a plan and take some time out and do that. Don't wait and see. It would be our. I mean, I worked on a, I worked with a company called Dynamic and they were in emergency crisis management. I was on the board for about 10 years with, and uh, Anthony Morehouse, I was talking to him recently, who's the ex-CEO. And he's, you know, he's obviously got a background in this kind of crisis management um, business resilience area. And he said, Mike, he said, if there's one thing I could say to people, it would be time is your enemy, right? So, you you know, waiting and seeing how mm. things evolve isn't, isn't a good plan. Mm. The plan is get on with it and make some calls and take some actions um, and, and get busy because otherwise we get overwhelmed and the 24-hour news cycle and we get obsessed with the negativity that's uh, prevailing. And really what we've got to do as leaders, as business leaders, is turn up you know, figure out where we are, figure out what might be, you know, what might be coming next. Even if we're not quite sure, you've got to put something down. Yeah. And how soft, I mean, the question we're asking is how soft will this be for for this business in this market? You know, is it 20% down? Is it 30% down? And we've seen anything from 10% down to 85% down. We haven't seen zero anyway yet. But I mean, if, if you'd said to me six weeks ago that we would be looking at an 85% softening, in, a, in any business, I, I would have kind of just not. I just wouldn't have thought that was credible. But w- there's many businesses seeing that now. Mm. If you look at retail, the two, I mean, we're seeing, you know, we saw 40% down last week, like for like, year on year. In one business, we've seen 85% down in a supply business that's heavily exposed to retail, that's really looking at virtually nothing going on in this next quarter. So then let's get really practical. How is that? And is that a business that was gearing up for exit? Uh, Yes. In the short-term future? Right. We have two kinds of clients, right? Well, probably three, but but client number one is the guy that just wants to sell. He's made his mind up. We go to the market and it's a sell-side mandate. 
all, that's our bread and butter. We do that all day long. There's another kind of client that's saying, look, I might, I need to do something. Can you help me with strategy? Over the next three to five years, I've got to exit. So that's a different, and that would be in that category. So the mm. business I just referred to would be in the open to that kind of strategic outcome, but not looking to do it tomorrow. Mm. Right. So, uh, and then there's the guys that are just looking for advisory strategic input. So, but, but certainly the guys who are selling at the moment, if anything isn't contracted, it's, it's evaporating. Although I must say, we've still got a couple of deals moving at the moment that are in the most extremely impacted industry. So it surprises me that they're still moving. But I, I think, you know, sometimes sophisticated buyers who know what they're looking for and unusually are, are still actually moving, which I, I yes. find is unusual. But, but you know, it's great that there's still a little bit in the market that's still moving, yes. but mostly it's, it's all yeah. come to a standstill. So if we're just focusing just for now on the sell side, mandate clients that you're working with at the moment so they're the ones who you know right at this moment the short-term goal of sale obviously is immediately impacted yeah what are you talking to them about right now what's the strategies that you're yeah well the if i take one who's exposed to retail in the kind of heating area we've got a very acquisitive strategic acquirer based out of ireland and they have said to us, look, we're very keen. We wanted to get this wrapped up by the end of June, but we want to now push it to the end of September. But mm. we still want to do this deal. And we still want to do it on the terms that we've agreed. Now, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, right? Mm. Because, you know, no one knows. But mm. they've intelligently pushed it out for three months. Our client's happy with that. We've invested very heavily with this acquirer. And they seem like the right sort of person to be acquiring this business now what shape are they going to be in themselves it's a bit it's it's a it's 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 a billion dollar business that's global with many good reasons to own our client's asset now Mm. we're hopeful but i wouldn't be you know i wouldn't be surprised if it changed again if something Mm. changed the terms could change the timing could change now what does a client do in the meantime i think they just roll out a three-step plan and they and they just say okay how does how soft is sales going to be in q4 What's going to happen in Q1 and 2? What's our response to that? Is it logical? Does it make sense? Are we acting in in the interest of the business and the stakeholders? Are we using all the government stimulus we can? Mm. And then how do we expect our products and our services to fare FY21 in a slightly different environment? And I think if you put that together, you know, 10, 12 slides, and you've done some work and you write Mm. the assumptions down, then I think that's the kind of conversation that you can have with a buyer. Yeah. Who's going to be reassured by that? And that's what you should do, really. You yeah. should run your business as if you're going to own it forever. That's yeah. not a bad mantra. And you should plan uh, like this thing's not going to happen. And, you know, I think buyers get reassured by that kind of management. Mm. And I think implicit in what you're saying right now is keep up the communication. Okay, so they don't want to continue right now. We're on hold for a few months hopefully just a few months, <laughs> but but keep up the communication with, yes, with look, the I buyer, think, you know, keep communicating th- about your plan. Yeah, I think so. I mean, touching base, connecting, you know, just checking in. I think you don't want to over-communicate because mm. there's a headspace issue. The reason why they don't want to do the deal now is because they've got bigger fish to fry, mm. and frankly, so have you. Mm. But certainly you want to keep connected, and if you've got an intermediary, that's our job. Our mm. job is to, I mean, we, we responded, you know, re- you know, I, I mean, I was on the phone the other night to Dublin about it. So we, 
we got a good relationship. We know where we are. We know where they are. They, they're straight shooters and so are we. Mm. So if that deal can get done, we'll get it done. Mm. Right? If, it's, if it's possible, we'll get it done. And, you know, we've got another deal with a guy in WA that's we've got an American acquirer looking to buy the business. Now, the business is really about some IP. So they've got a particular product. It's very valuable. Potentially, our client's very small business that's IP rich versus a very large acquirer. Mm. And we think the fundamentals for that deal are still strong because, you know, the acquirer is going to leverage that IP across its bigger business. But they're starting, they've started to try and renegotiate the price. Mm. And we've, we've said we don't believe there's a basis for that at this point mm. and that, we, you know, we, we won't be entertaining that. And they, they've then said, okay, well, we don't have time anyway at the moment. So until the foreseeable, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll come back to you. But at the moment, we're we're not proceeding at this point. Now, you know, I don't know where that's going to go. I have n- I have no idea, and I could go on and on. But I, I would say most deals, you know, the the rule is if it's not contracted at the moment, the probabilities of a transaction are have diminished significantly, mm, right? Mm. And and we do have buyers who are talking a good game and saying, well, Mike, we've got strong balance sheet." I spoke to a New Zealand company the other day. I know the chairman quite well. He said, Mike, we've got a strong balance sheet. We see this as an opportunity. Please bear us in mind. You know, now that sounds good, right? But between you and I, Joanna, and I really like this guy, I just don't think that even if I brought him something fantastic, he would do a deal in the next three months. Yeah. I think you're right about the next three months, but I feel, but I, I am, I have to admit, an optimist at heart. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I really have a very strong feeling that there will be a lot of, when there's a little bit more certainty in the market that we're that, that we're moving to the other side yes. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity here for opportunistic you know acquisitions for yes. you know because the fundamentals of many of these businesses that are suffering uh, suffering stress at the moment you know fundamentally may not have changed for someone who is sophisticated and knows what to do with the business and to fund it you know appropriately to get them up and running again yes, so, yes. um you, you know yes. i mean th- this might be the uh, the other side right you know maybe we'll start to see a flurry of um, and you, you know there's cheap capital at the moment so, yes um, yes how will that feed what what's your thoughts about that how that plays out and how quickly it might play out. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think you're right. I think that, you know, I think this quarter will be the softest quarter on record, right? Mm. I mean, I just don't think there's much going on. I think as you move, I mean, depending how, if we can really flatten this curve and keep it down and we can start to move back to some kind of more normal, if not completely normal way of doing business, July, August, September in that quarter, then I think you can start to see who's coming out. And I think they will be opportunistic largely, or there'll be people that see an opportunity to grab market share. And and I think that will go on. And and look, I mean, certainly I've been surprised by the recent stock market rally. I mean, we had that correction where, you know, we saw a 38% dip in the all odds at the peak. And, you know, we've rallied since there by about 17%. And that surprised me. The same is going on on the Dow as well. Uh, in the US. So I'm surprised at the optimism there. But, you know, the markets are probably sharing your view that this is very short term and that there are, that, you know, that good companies with good stories are, are going to emerge from this and do okay. 
I, I guess um, because of my exposure to the small to medium-sized enterprise world, I'm much more cautious, really, about what the post-COVID-19 environment could look like, particularly if we've got some high unemployment. I saw the CEO of Westpac the other morning was talking about unemployment levels. So he was talking about unemployment. I mean, his senior economist was talking about 17 or 18% unemployment prior to that second stimulus package. With the stimulus package, the recent stimulus, they've revised that down to 9%. Now, I think if, if we can keep unemployment in single digits, that would be a fantastic achievement. Yeah. Now, that's still high by historical standards in Australia. Mm. But so, you know, that worries me. I mean, I, I, I get worried because when you see unemployment like that and you, you start to see the demand side softer, you know, your average SME doesn't have enough strength in the balance sheet to withstand that and as soon as the stimulus stops then i think you're going to find out who can swim and who can't swim yeah and and, and that i'm worried about that but deals will always get done i mean yeah the, you know well, mean, it's the nature of the, of the free market so absolutely you, you're right but it'll be different i think and, and and i think deal structures will change i think that where there's uncertainty that'll get built into the price and the structure of a deal and i see yeah. some earnouts where Buyers will say, well, okay, Joanna, mm. I like your business and I share your optimism, but let's just, you know, if you're right, then I'll pay you when you're right. I won't pay you all now. And yeah, I think yeah, yeah. there'll be a lot of that kind of structured stuff going on. But, you know, the fundamentals are that we've, we've still got a, a plethora of baby boomers who are going to have to sell their businesses in the next 10 to 15 years. And that's a fact. Yeah. So th there's going to be, you know, either they're going to sell them or they're going to close them down, or, but something's going to happen mm. because you will exit your business. I mean, that is just the law of nature right? yes. <laughs> <laughs> at some point. Right? Hopefully not too soon. I think, you know, not wishing to harp on the um, on the optimistic side, but, but the one other side, you know, that I've had a number of recent conversations about is perhaps the potential benefit for people who are looking to exit in the falling Australian dollar. So, you know, if we're able to find, because, you know, a lot of people I'm talking to are saying, that um, a lot of offshore investors are now looking at Australia in with you know this mind for the the positive impact for them as buyers for for the Australian dollar impact. Yes, look, look, Joanna, I share that optimism. I mean, can I give you just an anecdote? I don't want to kind of pour cold water on it, but <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like actually, we're sitting, we, we're arguing for. I like I it. Know. This look, is look, a lovely amount of tension here, Mike. <laughs> Look, Joanna, I had a conversation with an American buyer on behalf of a client the other day, and we put that to him, and he put straight back to us, but the earnings of the earnings are no longer as attractive as they yeah, were. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But there's always a smart ass, but, <laughs> but but certainly um, uh, Australian assets are, are going to be cheaper. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who's got US dollars, yeah. All right. So I think we've, um, it's good, we've had a few ideas on both sides of the fence. Where yeah. Are we well, I, I, hope you're, I hope you're right <laughs> and I'm wrong. But the point is, because none of us know what the future looks like, I guess, no. you know, from from either of our viewpoints, the um, the action plan is the same. Have an action plan, you know. Yes. Don't just sit in um, in overwhelmment don't just sit from yes. the side of the fence just waiting um yes. put together a plan any plan yeah and and look 
a lot of people say to me, oh, we don't know what's happening one day to the next. How can I put a plan together? But and unfortunately, you know, you, you, this is your watch. You're in charge. You've got to put something together. And you're looking for data points that support a view. It's not necessarily that, you know, it's it's going to happen. But, you know, I'll give you an example. We looked at, you know, when we looked at that food business with you, it was a particular you know, so we, we, we're dealing confectionery and other type products. And, and, you know, one of the things that I got the owner to do was to check how this, these particular products had fared in previous recessions. Now, is that, does that mean it's going to happen mm. like that going forward? Probably not, but it's something that you can, and you're looking for those kinds mm. of data points. You know, we looked at, you know, a, a direct marketing business recently that was producing certain kinds of products. And when we looked at the environment, in recessions for marketing because marketing is an area that gets turned off very quickly in any kind of recession or any kind of squeeze but in fact it's the above the line that gets turned off which is the television the radio all that kind of branding stuff mm. the below the line stuff the leaflets the brochures the point of sale that often is you know people continue with that so again we use that as an example and say okay let's go and test that and i think you're looking to just paint a picture that's all. And, you know, the, the one-eyed man in the kingdom of the blind is in charge, John. So, you know, you might not have it all down, but if you've got some some idea, then that's better than nothing and sitting on the fence, I think. Mike, I absolutely love it. I just want to say a massive thank you for coming onto the podcast today. I, I think that's just a great takeaway to end with our listeners. But look, if any of our listeners are interested in um, getting in touch with you, perhaps to get a bit of a roadmap for, um, you know, what an action plan could look like for them at the moment, how can they get in contact with you? Sure. I mean, by all means, you, you can email me at michael at oasism a.com.au or you can get on jump on the website and and you know i've got a good team we're you know we're going to have a very quiet quarter but we're busy trying to make friends we're not doing any selling at the moment i mean that, that's my only my only instruction to my advisors has been no selling guys because mm. you know it just makes no sense at the moment so we're looking for ways where we can be of service we've got a lot of advisory clients that we're working with that has kept us pretty busy uh, we've just switched and pivoted to that board work that I mentioned. Um, but but we're more than happy to take some calls and chat people through what we've been doing and what we think has been resonating and making sense. We've certainly helped clients meet the banks. We're good at that kind of, you know, we're helping them with with any kind of right-sizing negotiations. So, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we see us getting increasingly involved in over the next six or nine months. That's absolutely brilliant. Okay, well, thanks, Mike. Um, we'll we'll have you back on the show uh, very soon. Um, and and in fact, um, any of our listeners who are interested, uh, Mike and I are going to have a discussion um, on talking law that will be talking all about coronavirus and what it means for your business and how owners um, can take practical steps how they should talk to their banks, staff, other stakeholders um, and how they get on top of their numbers. So if you're interested in that, then uh, look out for Mike and I um, on Talking Law. Well, that's it for our episode today with Michael McGrath from Oasis M&A. And I think one of the key takeaways for me from the discussion was this great phase, time is your enemy, speed is your friend right now. So the speed of reacting and planning for the future, I think, is one of the important survival mechanisms and the mechanisms for business to put in place to make sure that they are 
properly and appropriately positioned for still selling their business on the other side of this COVID crisis. Now, if you'd like more information um, about this topic to see the discussion with me and Mike in a full transcript, if you're so inclined, or if you'd like uh, to be able to get the contact details of Mike McGrath at Oasis M&A, well then just head to our show notes or to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. As I said, there we will be linking to Mike McGrath and Oasis M&A. And there at that website, you will also be able to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal. If you or your clients would like any assistance, not just with the sale or acquisition of a business, which might not be key in your mind right at this second, but we also assist businesses in making sure they make it through this coronavirus crisis strong and out the other side. In addition to our M&A legal services, also have lawyers who deal in employment law, leases and with contracts so can deal with the myriad of issues that are coming up for businesses right now through this crisis. Well, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening in. And I want to take this note to wish you in your business, wherever you're sitting right now, all the best uh, in these crazy times. As you heard from this discussion, I am an optimist and I think we'll all come through the other side, perhaps with businesses that look slightly different, um, but maybe with different ideas and opportunities at the other end. But until then, stay safe and I'm wishing that you make it through the other side strong. And that's a wrap. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and The Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to The Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 